Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose Podcast. I'm your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, in my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is February 13th, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, first segment is entitled, Could Deion Sanders Have Been a Hall of Fame Wide Receiver? And here's what I wrote about that. Could Deion have been a Hall of Fame wide receiver? No doubt. We're talking about one of the greatest athletes in sports history. And this isn't Florida State pandering either. I truly believe Deion Sanders could have accomplished this. The speed was already there. If he had put in the time at running routes and perfecting that aspect, um, I think it's a far-gone conclusion in my mind. Playing cornerback, he almost ran the routes better than the wide receivers. He was defending. I wish Florida State and all the teams he played for in the NFL would have used him on offense. Um... And now that I'm thinking about it, I think Deion Sanders could have been a Hall of Fame decoy. Um, could you imagine? Could you have imagined Deion on a read option play with Emmitt Smith as the running back? That scares me. Deion, Deion's athleticism was not used to his fullest potential. I fought the coaches for that. Uh, we as fans missed out on some great uh, plays or football by Deion Sanders. Um. You know, another guy, not to jump off of Dion, uh, pause, but um, Daryl Green for the Washington Redskins. Phenomenal um, talent. And, you know, both of those guys, I was wishing that they had used more. Um, but going back to Dion, um, I just had to throw Daryl Green in there. He's one of my favorite players also. Um, but um, Dion, man. You know, all I can do is just sit here and shake my head because he was lights out in the return game. You've seen the talent when he made an interception. And, and most of his um, interceptions, he ran the route better than the receiver did. And then the limited plays that Dallas used him as a wide receiver, he made plays. I mean, he wasn't sitting here running every route on the route, on the route tree. But, I mean, if you wasn't going to do nothing but run, go routes. I mean, his speed alone, he was going to clear out um, everything so the underneath receiver could make a play. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the one year that he was with San Francisco, we won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, if they ran the read option back then, man, could you imagine? Um, so let me know what you think about that segment. Um, I'm going to move on to the next segment. Which is entitled, Dynasties, Love Them or Hate Them. Dynasties, Love Them or Hate Them. Uh, I don't like to see the same team win year after year, even if it's my team. Um, in five years, if a team wins three out of five, I'm happy with, happy with that. 
um, win in years one, three, and five, lose in years two and four, um, and someone different gets the uh, trophy, I'm, I'm cool with that, um, and vice versa. Um, either way, I don't want to see the same team win five years in a row. Um, I like the parity in college football, not in the NFL. Um, to a degree, I can appreciate what Clemson and Alabama has accomplished the last several seasons. I want Florida State to go back to that standard. A dynasty right now for Florida State would be a pipe dream. But I like what Norvell has done thus far. So basically, I'm 50-50 on this topic. Um, I think seeing LSU win it this year was good for college football. Uh, seeing the Alabama and Clemson thing um, was getting kind of stale. However, however, Alabama and Clemson, I predict, will get back for yet another battle for the college football playoff national championship. Um, Clemson and Alabama get the best talent. So, as a famous man once said, he who gets the best players usually wins. And those teams right now are getting the best players. Um, I think LSU kind of laid a blueprint on how to beat Trevor Lawrence. I think you're going to see a lot of teams copying that blueprint next year. But most of those, team, most of those teams are not going to have the talent that LSU had on offense and defense. So it's probably not going to work. Um, so... Uh, we'll see what happens, man. Um, let me know what you think about this segment. And we're going to move on to the next segment, which is entitled $40 million a season. Max player limit. No salary cap. I did a previous uh, segment on this particular subject, and I want to do it again because I really want this to happen. It's probably never going to happen because <laughs> I'm not. A famous guy from the four-letter network, but I'm still going to put it out there anyway. So here we go. Uh, $40 million a season, max player, no player limit, and no salary cap. I hate the salary cap, as I stated in a previous episode. I think every five years, the NFL and the NFL Players Association could renegotiate the max salary. Um, it would be great for the sport. This would allow players to keep their guys... Um, we have seen where great teams had to break up because of money. Obviously, rookies would not be eligible for this. Rookies would have to stay on their rookie deals until it expires. Then they would be eligible. No player limit meaning exactly that. You could sign your whole team to $40 million per season for each player. Um, not likely to happen. Only the top players would get this kind of deal. Um, I hate all the turnover, but it makes for good TV and it employs a lot of people when there's a lot of free agent moves. And that's pretty much all it does. Um, I think if you ask each player, would they rather stay with the team where they've had success on? They would probably say, yeah, you know, they don't want to move. But at the same time, they know it's a limited amount of years that you get to play this game and. You know, they want the most money possible, like anybody that has a job. You want the most money possible. So, um, we'll see what happens, man. Um, we all know that Patrick Mahomes is going to reset the market for quarterbacks. So, 
but there's no way I would let him take up a third of my cap. I don't care what he does on the field. Because you, you know, maybe I would sign him to, if I do give him $40 million a season, it's not going to be a long-term deal. It's going to be a short-term deal. Um, and I'll probably fully guarantee the deal. Um, so let me know what you think about that segment. I'm going to move on to the next segment, which is entitled, Can James Blackman Win This Quarterback Job? And here's what I wrote about that. Can James Blackman win this quarterback job? He has to, right? This offense suits a pocket passer. If James Blackman can get his mind right and stop the emotional roller coaster that he goes on in games, he most definitely can be quarterback number one. Um, he needs to work on his accuracy and getting the ball out of his hands faster. If the play is not there, throw it away. How easy is that? Read your progressions better. Every play doesn't have to be a big play. Keep the chains, keep the chains moving. Score points. Be a game manager. Most importantly, be the leader. Be the leader of the team, and they will follow you. Um, I might be in the minority on this one, but I want James Blackman to lead us back to where we used to be. He deserves um, those accolades. This guy has been through so much nonsense in this program and i hope he accomplished that um you know i was down on james blackman on several episodes but i'm really pulling i've always pulled for the guy um i just felt like several games last season were basically given away because horny brook was out there and i you know the one thing i'll say about horny brook he probably um he was a little bit more cerebral in terms of the offense, in terms of knowing the offense, but his physical limitations, um, you could obviously see that. Um, um, Willie Taggart probably thought he was getting the quarterback that beat Miami when he was at Wisconsin, but you got to remember Wisconsin has the best, one of the best offensive lines in college football. And when he basically has 10 seconds to find an open receiver, yeah, he's going to look good doing it. But you put him behind Florida State's offensive line where he has like a nanosecond to find an open receiver, then you're going to have problems. So, James Blackman, he needs to get out of his own way, man. He needs to get in that film room and study, 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 study. Okay, and like I understand all the stuff you've been through as a player, but you have to overcome that because players have been through worse and have succeeded. I'm pulling for you. I hope you lead us back to the promised land and um, we'll see what happens. Um, that's going to conclude that segment. I'm going to move on to the next segment, which is entitled John Jones lost last weekend um and here's what i wrote about that john jones lost last weekend i don't care what anyone says those judges scoring the fight had to be blind um dominique reyes dominated him in the first three rounds knocked him down in the first round and he didn't get credit for the knockdown um i got jones losing three to two man um I'm not a John Jones hater either. 
John Jones brought me into MMA um, 10 years ago. Um, I seen him doing an interview on ESPN. Like I told, like I said in many episodes, I like bravado. I like guys that just talk to talk and walk to walk and just go out there and knock people out, man. And and he was that guy. And he brought me into the um he brought me into the MMA sport. Um the UFC knows that John Jones is the cash cow and um they could not afford for him to lose. It's the Goldberg effect from WCW. Okay, Goldberg went on that humongous run. I would like to know how much money WCW made off of that. Um, you know, with John Jones as the cash cow, the four-letter network sells their, um, you know, four-letter network plus subscriptions, and UFC gets pay-per-view buys. Um, if Jay, if Jones stays on the top longer, the fans got robbed. Um, we needed to see a true champion crown that night. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna seriously rethink my next UFC purchase. Um, cause when John Jones fight, I always tune in. Um, but you know, Gus, I can't say the man's name, right? Gus, Gustafson destroyed him, you know, and you, you came out and said you didn't train for the fight. Really? You're a professional? You're one of the best? You, you're going to go down as one of the, you know, best to ever do it. 14 title defenses, it's nothing to sneeze at. And you're going to tell me that you didn't train for the fight? I can't believe that. You got dominated that night. I mean, Gustafson, you know, destroyed you. And um, for the first three rounds of this fight last weekend, Reyes destroyed you so i'm just saying it's, it's gonna come a point where the judges are not gonna be able to save you dana white's not gonna be able to save you you're gonna get destroyed out there it, to me I, and i'm no joke no, all joking aside i think the cocaine really made the difference because he just can't he would come out there you just see it in other fights he would come out there hype and and out of his mind and just go destroy people. I really think that made the difference. Um, so we'll see what what um happens, man. Um, I really want to see Conor McGregor against uh Orhe uh, Masvidal. That's the fight to me. Um, you know everybody want to say McGregor and Khabib. Okay, but whoever wins that fight, I want them to fight Masvidal because that's my boy, bravado personified. Um, so that's going to conclude this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It's available on YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please scroll down to the description, click on one of the links, rate, review, and subscribe. As always, go nose.